muted. Oh, welcome to Broken for Purpose today, where my guest is Tammy Davis Phillips. Hey, yeah, no, just Tammy Phillips. Just Tammy Phillips. Let me tell you, I was about to just say Tammy Davis, and I added the Phillips on. So look, take what you got. Anyway, uh, okay, I'll take it. Tammy uh, Phillips. She is yeah. no longer who she was. Who I was. Mm-hmm. Why can I hear yeah. an echo of me in my ear? Because Tammy. that's me. That's you. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to. I'm trying to tag. Send this thing to a bunch of people. Well, can you Hold turn on. your volume down? I'm to turn my volume down. Anyway, I tagged a lot of people and sent it. So what you okay. do is you go on. You go on. Oh, I'm talking about you. So you go on. <laughs> I got it now. Share it. So yes. we're going to share, share, share. Everybody join us. Uh, share the link. Bring people in. Can't yes. wait to see you all. This is going to be a wonderful show. Let me get this stuff out the way. Um, Tammy, I have missed you. I've missed you too. Uh, there we go. Okay. So anyway, like I said, can y'all see I'm my just hair send now? It to everybody. You know, the other day, I was looking like just yesterday. I was looking like a treasure troll. And this morning, I got off work about 6.30. And Cassandra Paul, thank you, girl. She fitted yeah, me in. Yeah, she's amazing. And, oh, shoot. I still got to send her her money. She fitted me in and did my hair. And, girl, it's growing. It is. It is. So how have you been, Snookums? I have been very well. I've been working, working, working. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that you couldn't come into the studio today. I know, me but too. We, but that's all right because you'll you'll be in next time. Um, yes. And so today, we you know I'm catching up with her. I haven't seen her in a while. But today we're going to be talking. Yeah, I'm not looking this up. <laughs> I'm here for a couple of seconds because I'm not going to be around for this whole show. Let me give a quick shout out. What's up, Tammy? Hey, Taz, long time no see. It's only been about five, six, seven, eight years. Oh, my God. Y'all retarded. And you still look the same. They say black don't crack. Hey, 45 and still still trucking. 45 looking 35. You better work. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, Howway, I just wanted to tag in ahead of time, say hello. I'm glad to see you. Hey, Martina. studio so that we can both because you know when we get together what we be doing yes look Bart, uh, not Bartina I was thinking Bartina because you said hey Bartina hey there's my sister Joy hey Joy um, hi Joy so Glenetta that's his name I'm trying to say uh, <laughs> I thought y'all forgot I was here for a minute <laughs> no we go way back we way go back. way back to, I to learned radio I sit by her in any church service <laughs> I'll be back I when y'all finish. I didn't do anything. I didn't well, do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm I was, I was there serving the Lord. So the Lord to pay off after a while. Yeah, Bye, Taz. Bye, Taz. 
So, first of all, let me tell everybody, today we're going to be talking to Tammy Phillips, um, a domestic domestic abuse survivor. Uh, Did I say that right? Because my lips have been twisting up today. I'm like, I'm not the abuser. (laughs) And yes, I am a survivor. Right. You know, that's not funny because I was going to say you were the abusee, but that's not funny. But it was funny in my head. So I'm sorry. But anyway, we're going to be talking about domestic abuse. We're going to be talking about her nonprofit. Uh, She's married now, y'all. We're going to be talking about that. Um, And we're just going to talk about a whole lot of different things. Um, What we're going to do right now is we're just going to break the ice, give people a chance to, you know, come on, show up. So I went to a play last week. Tammy, come up here. Come up here. There I go. There you go. Give me them eyes. I'm multitasking over here. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to a play last week and I went to go see Wicked. Have you ever heard of it? See, no. people get saved and they give that yeah. look. You give you that, that look. You ever watch the Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Wicked Witch of the West? Yeah. Okay. So the play is based on her, her side, her point of view. It was a musical. And, you know, since she was the Wicked Witch of the West, it was called Wicked. Are people born Wicked? Or is it something that they learned? It was very enlightening. Very, very good. Um, I enjoyed okay. it. I enjoyed it very much so. Um, I think I want to go see Hamilton in November when it comes out. But we all, we might be shut down and stuck in our house again. So I'm not really no, sure about that. I'm praying against that. We will not be shut down and stuck in our houses again. Watch. I bond- nope. nope. Your, bond- your bondings is a little weak today because you're sick. <laughs> Look, hold on. I got my oil right here. Look, don't play. You know, I cook with that. So, you know what? One time, (laughs) I'm going to tell you a little secret. One time, it was some years ago, when Pastor had blessed some oil and everything. And Mm -hmm. I I got it, but it wasn't like I was going to use it because it was just me. So, who was I going to anoint and pray for? Um, Yourself? That's what I got Pastor for. Uh, So... (laughs) I had ran out of cooking oil one time. <laughs> so I used the oil he blessed to cook my food. So I figured I'm blessed all on the inside too now. <laughs> exactly. Yes, you are. Okay, yes, you anyway. are. Anyway, okay. I've done so, that. Have you really? You yeah. are such a heathen. No. You should be blessed oil. yourself cooking with the blessed oil that was meant to be put on the top of your head. So, do you remember that time were you at the church, the old church? Let me tell you, Taz, you got to listen to this. We was at church and it was during a prophetic summit. It had to be because my hair was done and I had got my hair done. <laughs> it was nice. Oh my God. I looked really cute, right? Because mm-hmm. I had some tracks I'll never get. And so pastor was praying for people and he called me up in the line to pray because he was anointing heads with oils. This man, oh my God, by the time he was through, my tracks were slipping. This was a brand new hairdo, and he doused my head in oil. He anointed my head in oil. I ain't got that many demons in me that you need that much oil (laughs) 
to anoint my head. And my tracks were slipping in our column. I said, you messed up my hair. No, I wasn't there for that one. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> me and Tammy go way back. We go, yes. we go 20 years way back. Yeah. We go back to Tammy was a crybaby way back. <laughs> Well, according to some of y'all, I still am. So you are, now. you are a crybaby. <laughs> but it's okay. That's who you are, and we are cool with that. But yeah, yes. I, I've gotten into take it or leave it. Have Have I ever got you in trouble at church? I don't know. Have you? <laughs> I don't know because I get in trouble all the time at church, and anybody that's around me tends to get caught up in the backlash of it. So probably uh... not. You if was too, I did, it you was, was a too long good time. to get in trouble at church. Tammy was always the good girl. She was never in trouble. I was the one in trouble. Okay. Just neither here nor there. Look at us now. So, Tammy, let's talk about. Uh, we I've got that out of my system now. You know, I got to get okay. that, that crazy Anything else? out. Anything uh, else? How's your baby doing? Who? Gabriel. Oh, he's good. good. He bet look, he better be watching. Hey Gabriel, you better be watching, your mama said. He yeah. Like, what you gonna do if I'm not? He's with his little <laughs> girlfriend. He got he a got girlfriend a now. Ain't nobody told him he could have a girlfriend. Yep. Did you Gabriel's tell him 22. that Anglin he what? Twenty two. She twenty two. He's twenty two. Did he did you tell him that Anglinetta runs off girlfriends? <laughs> Look, that's probably why he had brought her around, y'all. <laughs> so anyway, Tammy, let's talk now. Now we've got the giddies out. Let's talk business. Okay. Tell me about your um your Hope Found. Is it a Hope Foundation? It's called Ambassadors of Hope Foundation. Ambassadors of Hope Foundation. Yes. Please, please make sure you add the foundation. <laughs> I don't I know if I want to test. No, I know. I'm just saying. I don't know if I want to tell that story, but anywho. Um, yeah, tell the story. Yes. We always love tell the story. So God gave me Ambassadors of Hope. And that's what I had been running with for a long time. I think I started this back in 2016, 17. And so like most businesses, and I'm sure Glenetta, you know and understand, you get started on something and you're working it and you're working it and you're working it and then it just starts to taper off. And then you get excited again and you're working it and you're working it and you're working it and then it tapers off. And so I finally, with the whole shutdown with Corona, I started working it again. And I found out when I went to register my name with the state of Texas, I found out that there was another business in the state of Texas with my same name. Mm -hmm. And so phone call after phone call, email after email, um, the state of Texas told me, they said, well, you can contact them and ask them if they're willing to share the name with you. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, okay, I can do that. So I got the information and everything, and I contacted the person. And I even called, I called them and talked to them. And she was like, oh, okay. And I'm telling her about who I am and what I do. And she said, well, yeah, sure. Send me the information. I'll look it over. She said, but I don't see a problem. Um, and yada, yada, yada. To me, she wasn't doing anything with it anyway. It was just sitting out there. It was misspelled and everything. So I'm like, okay. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and nothing. 
And I'm like, okay. So I reach out. I reach out several times to this lady. Never got a return email, never got a return phone call, nothing. So now I'm starting to get upset and get discouraged. I'm like, okay, God, this is what you gave me, but this lady is not returning my email. She's not returning my phone call. She's not responding. I'm being nice and I'm following her on Facebook. So she's got this whole big grand ministry and, and all of this. And I'm just like, what's up? What's the deal? And finally, I got to a point where I'm like, okay, God, I got to do something because I can't let her not her non-response delay me in the vision that she's given me. And so talking it over with my husband and pondering and, you know, trying to figure out what to do and praying about it, um, finally just decided to add foundation to the end of it. And so I sent it in to the state of Texas and they approved it. So here I am, Ambassadors of Hope Foundation. So just to make sure there's no confusion and that, you know, she doesn't feel whatever, um, you know, make sure you add foundation <laughs> at the end of it because, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really disheartening because I'm like, you know, God, this is what you gave me, and right. and I don't understand why you know this is so why it's become so difficult. But when I decided to add foundation, it just kind of put the cherry on the top for me because now it's like, um, you know, giving someone hope right. is the foundation for them to move forward in their lives, especially when they are um, trying to break free from domestic violence when they're trying to move on with their lives, when they're trying to, to do something positive and, and just live. And, and a right. lot of times it's hard to live when you don't have any faith, when you don't have any hope, when you don't have anything um, undergirding you to say you can do this. Right. So that's my story on that. Okay. Yeah. So then let's, let's retract because I know one of your big things um, as, as long as I have known you as being an advocate of domestic of domestic abuse. Um, and anytime somebody becomes an advocate or they have a voice, uh, it's because they have a story with it. So mm -hmm. can you tell us why why are you so passionate about this? What what is this for you? For me, it's the bridge that I felt like I didn't have when I was going through um, my domestic abuse um, relationship. Mm -hmm. And not just that, it started out um, when I was younger, my mother uh, went through it as well. And so I watched her being abused. And a lot of times, and I believe back then in the 80s, you know, DV was probably very taboo. Um, it was more or less, if, especially if you're married, that it was deemed okay because you be, you belonged to him. And mm -hmm. so um, I think it just, there probably wasn't a lot of avenues or a lot of help back then. So it was it was difficult to watch her go through that as a child. Mm -hmm. um, when I started going through it, it was, it was, it was different. It was, um, I, I downplayed my abuse 
because I had heard stories of other women who were being abused far worse than what I I was. Um, And so I downplayed my abuse. But I had, I wish that, especially in the church, I wish that there was more, there were more people that were tuned in to wanting to help. Um, Even, go ahead. Not to interrupt you. Let me, let me ask you this question. Knowing that you saw your mother being abused as a kid, Mm -hmm. um, when you see something and you, you know what it looks like, so look, looking at your mom be, be abused, what made you, I mean, were the signs there before the relationship? Um, did you see them? Did they sneak up on you? You know? Um, I could say they snuck up on me and I didn't, as far as being a child and seeing that like that, I didn't, it wasn't that I, how do I say it? I didn't see the signs as a child. It just, it was just there. Right. So um, I didn't know what to look for later on in life. So I wouldn't be a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, when it did happen, I'm sure I saw the signs. I think a lot of times we see the signs, but because we want to help and we want to love and we can change them. And if I pray hard enough, all of those things, we put ourselves in these situations. And a lot of times it's not that we want to, please understand, we're not asking for this. We're not seeking out, you know, for abuser or to be abused. It's just something that happens. And especially um, when he's very keen and cunning and can play with your mind and get you to think things that really aren't there, get you to believe things that really aren't there, it it sneaks up on you. It's not always something that happens in the blink of an eye. Um, I've heard stories where women were, you know, the husband was, he was Prince Charming, you know, while they were dating. And then once they got married in, in the, and in, in that blink of an eye, he flipped, he flipped the script. And now I have this abuser in my life, but he showed no signs in the beginning, um, which is, can be a sign if you know what to watch for, because they are very cunning and, and charming, and they do all the things, they say all the right things, and then something can happen, or now that they've gotten you married, now the demons come out, basically. Right. So, <laughs> so. The, we all know that there are all types of abuse. There's your physical abuse, your mental mm-hmm. abuse, um, now we're, we're emotional abuse. Did you deal with the mental, physical, emotional aspect, all three, or just maybe one, or which one's did you battle? I battled all of them, mental, Mm -hmm. physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, Mm -hmm. sexual, all of it. I went through all of it. So being a strong black woman, because, you know, that's what we're, what we're supposed to be. Supposed to um, be, yeah. The first time that he hit you, why didn't you leave? Ah, um, this, the age-old story, I'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just got so mad. And, and they do. They woo you. They, they lead you to believe it won't happen again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then it may not for a while. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a mind thing. It's not mm-hmm. so much the physical aspect of it. It's a mind thing. If I can get you to believe whatever I want you to believe, then <laughs> if I can get you to believe whatever I want you to believe, then they can see you, babe. They're waving. <laughs> um, then, um, then it's all good. It doesn't matter what I do to you physically. As long as I have your mind, then anything else is fair game. Right. So how long how long were you in this abusive relationship before you left? Before you got tired of it, you couldn't take it anymore? Or maybe you felt like that uh, your life was in danger? How long was it before you left? It was, I was in that relationship for, I believe, five years. Gabriel was two years old when I was able to get out. Mm-hmm. Now, um, in doing my research for this um, and in talking to you before, and I don't think if a lot of people know, but they say that before uh, an abusee, a person that's being abused, before they leave for good, that they leave multiple times and go back. Is that is that true? Mm-hmm. It's true, but it wasn't true for me. He okay. he would leave, mm-hmm. and then he would come back. I'd I'd let him back. You let him back, um, and then he would leave, and then I'd let him back. Mm-hmm. Um, again, always thinking it's going to be better. He's going to do better. You know, I really wanted to make this thing work. Um, we we tell our we have a tendency to tell ourselves we're basically lying to ourselves, mm-hmm. and until we get to a place within ourselves that um, we deserve more, we deserve better, and that until he gets himself together, then there, you need to get yourself together outside of trying to come back. Understand, mm-hmm. especially if there's children involved, understand we have a child together, understand, you know, we're trying to do this, we're trying to do that, but two broken people unless you both are really working on it and God is in the center of it all, it won't work. It won't work. And he was not, he and I were not meant to be together. So therefore it didn't work. It didn't matter how many prayers I prayed, you know, for us and trying to get him to come to church and things like that. It just, it wasn't going to work. So let me ask you this, because we all know that when you're abused, it is not your fault, you know? So Mm -hmm don't take this question that I'm about to ask you as that but do you think that um, when women are abused and they they stay in the situation is it because they may not think that they're good enough is it because they may think that this is what they deserve Um, low self-esteem insecurity are those some of the things that make a woman stay yes all of the above Um, yes 1,000%. Again, it's in the mind, especially, I think it's going to weigh more heavily on women who did not have a father figure. Mm -hmm. Um, So you didn't have, or even just positive reinforcement, family members with positive reinforcement in your life to reinforce certain things. Um, My situation, it started as a child being molested. So I'm already, my mind is already, 
you know, this is what, how my life is going to be. This is what's supposed to happen to me. Um, and then seeing my mom abused, I was like, okay, so now that's going to happen to me because it happened to her. Um, somewhere in there, the, you know, the wiring was set that um, this is my, what do you call it? My, um, this is supposed to happen to me, I guess I could say. So, or my purpose, this is Your destiny. what my destiny in life. Mm-hmm. So, um, when it happened, I was just like, oh, okay, you know, this was supposed to happen. Not knowing I had thought all of that stuff up, mm-hmm. I had brought it to fruition by dwelling on it and expecting it to happen because my mom went through it. I'm supposed to go through it. And, you know, that was that. So, now, I know a lot of times, okay, so you have you have a son, you know, you have a baby mm-hmm. in the middle of this, which I'm mm-hmm. sure that even though he was small and he was a baby, that he still, you know, babies are sensitive. So mm-hmm. do you think, because you said he was about five when you left, right? So, no, no he, he was, was two, two when you left. Mm-hmm. So do you think that any way it had any effect on him? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was being verbally abused while I was pregnant. I mean, this is a real thing. Babies are very, very sensitive, especially when they're in the womb. Um, They're very sensitive to the things around. That's why um, when you're pregnant, you don't want a lot of people um, touching your belly. I'm a firm believer of that. Um, You don't want a lot of negativity around because those sounds, they vibrate um, through the belly, through the, the fluids and all of that. So even when Gabriel was born, so before he was born, verbal abuse. So he's hearing all of this. They don't know what it is. They, it's just the negativity. Um, then when, once he was born, it intensified. So the arguing intensified, the physical abuse intensified, even though he was sleep most of the time, probably about 90% of the time, he was still hearing that. Um, you, you don't realize how much your subconscious um, takes in when you're asleep. <laughs> okay. So, um, yes, I believe that um, it did. Some things were embedded in him. And even some things that he may not realize were embedded in him um, because of the abuse, the abuse that he heard. Okay. Now, I know that a lot of times that when you have uh, young women that are, uh, that see their parents, their their mother abuse their parent, whichever the case that it may be, um, they can go one or two ways. Sometimes they can go to where that's the only type of relationships that they get are abusive relationships. You know, that's that's what they, that's their fallback. That's Mm -hmm. what they're used to. So that's what they go to. And then you can go all the way to the other spectrum where Mm -hmm. they're just so, they're not trying to stay in any kind of relationship. If it even looks like something, you know, they're, they're out of there. They're out, yeah. So, and then to go through that abuse, you know, and then to get out of it, where, how did it affect your future relationships? You know, um, did you find yourself 
going being in abusive relationships even maybe not to the extent of what you were in your marriage or do you did you follow your marriage oh well into your other relationship or did you find yourself being like hey you look at me cross-eyed I'm out of there I'm not sticking around I'm not staying I'm not doing any of this or was it somewhere in the middle I was all the way to um I wasn't the one that said, okay, if I if there's any sign of this, I'm gone. I wish mm-hmm. I was, but I wasn't. And for me, I believe that was due to continued low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Even though I was out, it's still, it's a mind thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter how I got dressed up and prettied up and maybe felt good that day or whatever the case may be. My mind was still messed up. My mind mm-hmm. was still in that relationship constantly being abused. Um, probably the same concept, you know, for anybody when you want to talk about the mind being in jail, um, until you free your mind, nothing else, you know, everything else just kind of falls by the wayside. So it goes the same thing with abuse. My mind was still stuck in that place of low self-esteem, not being enough, not feeling like I was worthy not feeling I uh, was good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, um, any of the enough. I just, Mm -hmm. it just wasn't, I wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. So when it came to my future relationship, I tried, you know, to make sure I picked okay. Mm -hmm. And um, some of them were good. Some of them were not so good. But none of them had been um, to where... None of them were abusive like that initial right. one was. They were just, we just didn't, it just didn't work out. So did you ever seek out therapy? I did, but it was many, 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 many years later. And when I say many years later, I mean, I started therapy three years ago. I attempted therapy and because I felt like I thought I was okay. You know, you deal with something for so long and you push it down or you just forget about it and you think you're okay until something happens. And then it it rises back up again. And so now you're like, wait a second. I thought I was over that and I'm not. And um, so, yeah, but I do suggest that people do um, seek out therapy if you are or have been abused, even if it's, if you've never done it, it's been 10 years ago, um, seek it out anyway. So, yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this question. Feel free to say (laughs) pass. But <clears throat> with being molested as a child, with being in an abusive relationship, with kind of going through therapy, but, you know, kinda. Eh, <laughs> how does that affect your marriage? Interesting question. Wow. Um, oh, wow. It affects it to the point where, oh, good question, Glenette. Thank you. 
um, questions every now and then. Oh, hey, Gabriel. Gabriel's watching. Hey, Is son. Right. <laughs> um, it affects it to the point where I'm still, I'm still battling some things um, mm-hmm. about myself. And so I have to, I don't want to say remind, but I kind of have to reiterate, you know, I'm not quite comfortable with this or with that. And so it, it becomes a learning experience for the both of us um, because I want to be, I want to be top-notch wife. This is my first, my first marriage. And so I'm trying to clean up my past at the same time, trying to make sure I build a positive future. And so I divulged a lot of stuff to my husband. So he was aware of, you know, things that had happened in my past, just in case. I don't have a lot of triggers, so there's not a lot of things that can be said or done that makes me retreat or whatever, but I can retreat. I do still retreat, but there's, I don't want to say it makes us walk on eggshells, but it makes us aware. I'll put it like that. It just makes us aware Um, because I am still, there are some things I'm still healing from and he knows that and he understands that. And so it really is a growing thing together um, you know, as, as, as I'm healing. So, so let me ask you this. Do you, do you think, so if you had a person that were, was in your shoes, okay, because everybody has their levels and layers of strength and what they can do and what they can deal with and what they can handle. So if you had somebody um, that was still traumatized because it's a traumatizing experience um, and they're still dealing with these things and they're still, they haven't fully healed. They still have, you know, other things going on. Um, Do you suggest taking that into a relationship or would you say wait until you got all that together before you take on a marriage? Because a marriage is a big thing, you know? So what would be your suggestion? My suggestion, this is for anybody, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're going through um, or coming out of an abusive relationship or if you're just point blank single um, and you're coming out of a, a relationship period, your mind and your body need time to heal. And when you haven't fully completed healing your healing process and you take that baggage into another relationship, you're basically setting your relationship up for failure. Um, It's a dangerous thing to do because that person is not, may not be ready mentally to take on what, what you've had to deal with and so you you really have to be careful with that. And not only that, so now you're endangering, you're not only endangering them 
and and possibly um, damaging who they are and how they view relationships. But now you're adding on extra stress and and issues and unnecessary problems onto what you already have to deal with because now you're trying to take on another relationship and make that person happy and do things for that person when you have all this baggage and all this weight and all this worry and stress and fear and anxiety and all these different things that you haven't dealt with. And you have to deal with that stuff before you take on another relationship. Point blank, period. 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 Okay. Good answer. So... One question I, I, I wonder, do you think or do you feel that an abuser can mm-hmm. change? Yes. Or will they always be an abuser? No, I think they I think they can change. I believe that they can change, but they have to want to change. It's like an alcoholic. You have to recognize that you have a problem. Then you have to seek help for that problem. You have to want to change. If you don't want to change or if you don't think you have a problem or you you know, you think your life is just honky dory and you can do whatever you want and how you want to do it, then then no. But if you recognize there's an issue and you want to change, you don't want to be that way. I don't I really don't mean to do this. I just I don't know why I do it, um, then yes, you can change. With help, with prayer, with God, with counseling, all of that, you can change. Now it's it's ironic that you use the alcoholic and the the drug you know uh, drug user because I used to I used to work in substance abuse and mm-hmm. their thing is though is that once that once you're an alcoholic you will always be one you may you may not be uh, participating in it mm-hmm. but you're always an alcoholic because at the end of the day uh if you have a bad day or if something triggers you that taste is always there they're going to always want to drink it's that's why they go to these aa meetings it's because uh-huh. they want those drinks they want those drugs and so to get past that or to help overcome that craving then they mm-hmm. go to aa they go to a meetings they have sponsors so if if we use the same mindset with that, then an abuser will always be an abuser. They may not always abuse, but, but they're if they always get angry. Abuser. But if they get angry, then their first thought is to hit. Their first thought is to cripple. Their first thought is to hurt. Just, just a question. Just, just throwing it out there. Okay. So disclaimer here: I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> We got one on the line. This, I know. This is all personal opinion. This is all right. personal opinion. So that's interesting. But, and something popped into my head while you were saying that. So if somebody murders, are they always a murderer if they never do it again? Yes. Because they were a murderer. They murdered. They so murdered. They're a murderer. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, an, these are just, that's these an are interesting concept. That's you know, really uh-huh. interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, it's all okay. So, your question was can they change? Yes, they can change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with that analogy, will they always be an abuser? Yeah, okay, we'll never know. It was just a question. 
is something that with God anything I, is possible. With God that is anything true. is possible. Now here's the thing. As an abuser, as somebody, maybe they're a recovering abuser, just like I'm a rec- uh, there's an, a recovering alcoholic or a recovering mm-hmm. drug user. As a, a recovering abuser, do you think as a person that has abused somebody, do you think that that is something that they should be up forth and honest about in the relationship that they go into? Like, say I started dating somebody. Do you think that he should tell me, hey, I, I was an abuser before. You know, I beat my ex-wife. I beat my kids. I, I beat my girlfriend. I think that's supposed to be a sinner instead of dinner. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> yes. Day, but I say that. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Because you want to give that person an opportunity to say yes or no. Right. Now you can come to them and be like, you know what? Hey, if if this is not something you can handle and we just be friends and we then let's do that. But I would I would suggest now I'm not saying the first time you meet somebody that's the first thing right. you blurt out but if you feel like this relationship is going somewhere you really like this person they like you and this is something in your past then at some point then yes I would I would divulge and I say that because I was attempting to date a guy and um, everything was going good and um, he started, he did start having some flags and I was like, I don't know about this. So something I started doing was doing background checks on, <laughs> as you should. I started as you should yes. listen, I'm telling you, do a background check. Run them. It's only a dollar. Exactly. I did a background check on this guy and, um, it showed that he had been in jail. And I said, okay, well, you know, people go to jail. You know, it's not that big of a deal for 10 years. Okay. So you've been out of society for 10 years. What did you do? So I kept reading, come to find out he was in jail for sexual assault on a minor. And I said, all righty then. There we go. And right, right. That's, that's, that's it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And so I never told him that I found out. Um, but I just, it eventually got to a point where I was like, you know what? This is not going to work. Um, I think we just need to go our separate ways. But I felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, because number one, and he, maybe he felt like, I can't remember if I told him that I was, I had been abused. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but it was just the fact that I found out mm-hmm. and that he didn't tell me or at least say, you know what? Hey, I've been in jail before. Um, you know, depending on how this relationship goes, you know, something just, right. I, I don't, I don't care. Just something, but just the simple fact that I found out and he didn't tell me then that was something else because he had taken me to meet his family. We went out for 4th of July and 
it was just, he, I'm like, dude, this is too soon. We just knowing each other. He's like, no, no, no. I think we're going to be together and I want you to meet my family and all that. That's a red stuff. flag in itself. <laughs> and I was like, that's a red flag in Whoa. itself. I was I'm like, not taking nobody out. home that quick. <laughs> I was we like, have a time out. Okay. We have a question. Oh, yay. What? Hey, all right, so, uh, question. Oh, Lord. I'm trying to be serious. Let me be serious. Okay. Okay, serious. Full, I should say full disclosure. Definitely full disclosure. Okay. So, for the individual who, um, whenever you started talking to your husband and you disclosed what you had been through, why are there so many people or a lot of people who have been through things like that? Or afraid to disclose to the new guy because they are afraid of what that reaction may be, whether it's the uh, because you're here, I don't want to touch it. Like, what made you so confident in being able to say, okay, Tammy, you've been through this, but this may be something different. So you just have to trust it. Because you're coming from a place to where I don't want to trust nobody. Mm-hmm. So now I want to give all my trust. What made you want to do that for this particular marriage? Because I was desperate for love. Um, I didn't get it as a child, or I didn't think I got it as a child. Um, so I was desperate for attention, desperate to be liked, mm-hmm. desperate to be loved, desperate to um, just to for someone to pay attention to me um so i was you know seeking to please people all the time i want to make you happy i want to make sure you know you have what you need i went to you know to the ends of earth you know for people you know to do things and get things done and stuff and so when you when you have a a um unhealthy desire to be loved and I say it's unhealthy because you will typically put yourself in bad situations just so you can say you know I have someone was that Betty White said having a piece of man is better than having no man at all no man at all that's a lie I'll take the no man that's a lie (laughs) I'd rather be by myself and be and be in peace then have to deal with, you know. And that's the that. thing. Like, people listen to that song and made that law because it's something that we're told. So you have to go through a whole unlearning process. In order you have to, to make say that again. You have to say that again. There's a lot of re, uh, what do you call Reverb. it? Yeah, there's a lot of reverb. I tell her what to say then. I'm going to get off. Uh, okay, so let me ask to piggyback on what he was saying about telling the person that you're getting into a relationship about your abuse background. Mm-hmm. When do you think is a good time to have that conversation? Right at the beginning, right at the end, right after he proposed? It depends on your comfortability. Mm-hmm. So 
even if you're coming into this and um, sorry, y'all, hold on a second. I knew this was going to happen. Even if you're coming into the relationship and it's like, you know, I think we're just going to be friends um, or right now we're just going to be friends and we don't know if, you know, where this is going to go, then, you know, just be friends. But if you believe when you get an indication that this could go further than just being friends, mm -hmm. then that conversation, there needs to be a conversation. Now, if you're super comfortable like me, I don't, it's been 20 something years. I don't care whether you leave, whether you stay or go. This is what I've been through. Either you can deal with it or not. Take it mm -hmm. or leave it. Um, that's just how I am. But if you, if you're not comfortable in your story and you're not comfortable telling it or divulging that part of your life, then it, you, I would wait until something triggers and says until he says you know what I want you to be in my life um I, this could go you know possibly into marriage mm -hmm. then that's something then you want to start having those conversations um well this you know this happened to me in my past it's my past you know divulge as much as you can as much as you're comfortable with um and then I would expect the same from him you know, him sharing with you as well, because you don't want anything popping up later on, or like I called them earlier, triggers. You don't mm -hmm. want him to say something and you're triggered into flight or fight. And then he's looking at you like, whoa, wait a second. Mm -hmm. So you never want your mate to be blindsided with something in your past. And because it's not now, it's not fair to them or yourself. Now, I have just a little small issue with something you just said. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> because when you say that you should open up or when you feel that, that it's getting serious, that you should open up and share about as much as you're comfortable sharing. Mm -hmm. Now, if this is somebody that you're trying to see yourself with for the rest of your life, if you're not comfortable sharing something with somebody that you're trying to be with, should you really mm -hmm. be trying to be with them? Because if not the person that you're trying to spend the rest of your life with, then who are you going to be comfortable with? Who, who can, who can I talk to besides God? Who can I run to? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if, you, you see what I'm trying, you see what I'm saying? If you don't see yourself being with that person in the long run, then no, it, it's not, and if you're not comfortable sharing it, then no, then don't. Um, but if you're not comfortable sharing it, then should you even be with this person? Because why, what is it about them that doesn't make you comfortable sharing something that's a part of you with somebody that you can see yourself or you want to be with? Okay. Is that so not I can, right? I can almost say that is, and um, hey, Dr. Roslyn, chime in. <laughs> I could almost say that you're not completely healed. You're not healed enough um, to to be able to do that. Right. Because at some point, um, when you're divulging your story, when you're telling your story, when you're sharing that part of your life, mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a piece of you where you should be healed. It should be, right. you know 
Right. You should be healed enough to be able to tell that piece of your right. story and not feel like I can't. Right. So if you feel like you can't, you want to be with this person, I love this person, but I still don't feel comfortable sharing that part of me, I can probably safely say that you're not healed. Right. You're not healed I, from that part. I, 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 I agree with you totally on that because if we're in... As we get older, over 40 here, um, if I don't see myself being with you, then why am I dating you? Because as mm-hmm. they say, we're at that point where we're dating for purpose. You know, mm-hmm. we're dating on purpose. I'm not on dating purpose. just to date. I'm not yeah. trying to be with you for no 10 years. I'll be old and gray and setting my ways by that time. So mm-hmm. if we can't, if we don't see ourselves going someplace. So Dr. Robin says, sometimes if you're not totally healed, you tend to avoid certain discussions because it awakens too many negative emotions, which I personally believe, and it's just mm-hmm. an opinion, opinion are like buttholes, everybody has one. I personally believe that if you're not healed enough to discuss those type of issues, then you're not healed enough to be in a serious relationship. And I no, think you exactly. need to step back and get you some exactly. counseling and get you some therapy and keep it moving. Exactly. Okay. So we was doing all that serious talking. So now I want to know in our last few minutes, I want you to tell me about your Ambassadors of Hope Foundation. What is it that you do with it? What is it that you're looking to do with it? And how can people help make it what you see? Okay. So Ambassadors of Hope Foundation is a foundation where I want to inform, reform, and transform the mindset of women and men, of victims and survivors of domestic violence. Um, As I've stated throughout this whole uh, broad podcast, that abuse is a mindset, whether you're in it or out of it. Um, It's still a, a, a mental thing, and we have to get to a place where our mindset is shifted to more positive things in life. Um, while we're going through abuse, you deal with so much negativity that um, it almost seems as if there's no space, no room for anything positive. So we have to change our mindset. We have to reprogram ourselves. And that's what I want Ambassadors of Hope Foundation to do um, is take these women and show them um, that my, and my motto is that there is beauty after abuse. So there is more to life than what you've seen thus far. And I want you, I want to help you see more than what you've seen all this time. I want to help you see the beauty on the inside and the outside. I want to help you see that you are smart. I want to help you see that you are beautiful, that you are kind, that you are worthy. I want to help you see that you are more than what society deems you to be, which is um, um, an abused woman who asked for it, who, you know, sought out this man for this purpose or that he was all that you had and that's all you're going to ever have and you can't have anything more than that. You can't do anything more than that. You can't be anything more than that. All of our lives. And so I want Ambassadors of Hope to um, dispel those lies and re-implement more positive, um, to have a more positive impact on their lives and change that mindset of thinking that, you know, that I'm not worth anything, but I want to show you that you are. Okay. 
I like that. Now, where where can do you have a website? Yes and no. <laughs> I'm like you. I saw your post where you was working on yours, so I'm working on mine. You're not but... like me because I went and hired somebody to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm working on mine. Only it still has the tag because I'm getting doing mine through Wix. So okay. it's still got the tag on there, which I don't like it because it makes it really long. Well, then and go buy so, a domain. Go buy your domain. Yeah, I just need to buy the domain. I know. Yeah. They taking okay. donations. So, <laughs> so am I. How much is your domain? I bought a domain. Um, Mine was ten. With Wix, it's like two something for the year. No, go through GoDaddy. Or Google. Who, what? I went through Google. GoDaddy. GoDaddy.com. It's a dollar. GoDaddy. Nine out of ten, it'll be under ten dollars. Yeah. And I sold that into you. See, I need. Yeah. I we'll, see, and that's we'll what I need help with. I. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, I'm I'm one that will go out and I'll look up this stuff and I'll try to learn how to do it. I I spent most of Corona or our lockdown learning how to do videos and commercials and. Streamyard and so all of that, you, and so, so why you don't have a video or a commercial about your uh, about your stuff? Because that stuff takes time. Oh Let me my tell you, god! How long, how long you been in quarantine? Which time? <laughs> this time, fourteen days. So you could have been doing something in fourteen days. If God can make the world in seven, you can make a commercial in fourteen. Yeah. Anyway, so do you have an email or a phone number where if somebody wanted to sew into you or wanted to help you that they could get in contact with you? I do have an email. It's ambassadors of hope seventeen, the number one and the number seven at gmail.com. And is there a phone so number they can call you? you at? Email me phone number, you can call me two one four four two eight five zero zero five. And don't be calling her at midnight and breathing on her phone because her husband will get you. Girl, <laughs> looking at me, talking about who is that? So we have Miss Tammy Phillips, Ambassadors of Hope, and you can reach her at Ambassadors of Hope seventeen at gmail dot com, and you yes. can call her at six eight two. No, you can call her at two one four four two eight five zero zero five. And, you know, we're going to have to have you back on the show because we talked a lot about the domestic violence and then your, your project of the Investors of Hope Foundation. But what mm -hmm. people, what some people don't know is that you're an author, uh, uh, yes. you're a blogger, uh, you're a mother, you're a grandmother, you're a wife, you're a, your husband's a preacher. Yes. So that makes you a... Uh, <laughs> A, a preacher's wife. A preacher's wife. But you know, the Masters of Hope Foundation and Broken for Purpose Foundation needs to get together and do some kind of fundraiser and raise some money. Um, so we can help. So we can help these uh, these people out here because uh, Broken for Purpose has decided that along with the podcast, we want to do a foundation that helps with mental health. And um, foster care, you yeah. know, and during the pandemic, uh, 
you got, you got a personal cheerleader on here. During the pandemic, uh, I think a lot of people. Are I love dealing, you, Rosalind. <laughs> a lot of people are dealing with mental health. You know. Yeah. Um, and so, so we need so. to we need to get together <laughs> along with Felicia Booker. Yes. Now she's, she's a money raising demon. I don't care if she is saved. Not that a baby. Demon. That baby can talk the skin <laughs> off of a snake. Baby. Yeah, that. My phone number is. <laughs> so I, I do appreciate you for coming on Broken for Purpose. I, I just next me. time you're gonna have to be in the studio. Um, yeah. so I'm gonna need you to stay away from sick folk so you can yeah. come and be in here. And yeah, you're a phenomenal woman, a phenomenal friend. Um, oh, I'm so glad that I was able to talk to you and get your story out there because it is an amazing story. You have survived beautifully. You don't look like what you've been through. Um, and so I'm so glad that you were able to come on our show and definitely we will have you back. So again, thank you. So thank you. hold on for a moment. I just want to let uh, you all know that we welcome a friend of the show, Tammy Phillips, but I need you all to come next week, 2 p.m., um, and tune in because we're going to have a conversation. Um, you know, as Africans and Black Americans, we don't always mesh. Uh, and so these are conversations that need to be had. So next week in the studio, I have Osa, who is from Nigeria. Um, and he's gonna, mm -hmm, and he's gonna come down, and he has a lot to say, uh, <laughs> a whole lot to say, and I have a, a lot, lot of, and I have a lot of rebuttal, you know. Oh, so we're Lord. gonna sit down, and we're gonna ha we're gonna have this conversation, you know, yes. uh, because it's time that we gap that divide that the mm -hmm. cultures have, because yes. in the end, we all come from the same place. You know, yes. and so we have Adam to, and Eve. Yeah, we well, actually, I was talking about Africa. Moses. Okay, I mean, <laughs> you're talking about the Bible, I'm talking about Africa, but hey, it's all in the same. Hey, they all we the all they direction. all came from Africa, they were yeah, all in Africa. Tad from Mississippi, it don't matter, <laughs> but we're gonna have that conversation next week, and I want everybody to tune in. We can bring you on if you have a question. You know how Taz been popping in and out, guys. We can bring you on. Get your questions ready. You have questions, we're going to have some answers. We're going to sit down and we're going to make it happen, okay? So, again, Tammy, thank you. I, I love you. You are I love you amazing. More, you more. Thank uh -huh. you. Don't go nowhere. Don't, don't log off. Bye, y'all. Bye.